Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo and Jacob Barker this week. And it's playoff time, big stakes, bigger promotions. Every day of basketball's playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now. Use promo code THPN when you sign up to get a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. How you guys doing? I'm good. How are you? Um, I mean, all right. I mean, you know. I mean, yeah. Tough, tough, tough loss for the Panthers tonight. We thought we would wait to record this till after the game was over hoping we always you know it's a, it's a gamble we we're hoping for a win obviously and to be doing a preview of game seven and our thoughts from tonight's game um but nope that is it for the series um ah it sucks man it sucks yeah it's bittersweet right because they had a sensational season yeah, and it, you kind of you kind of want to remember that, but at the same time, it's like, well, we just we just got eliminated. And it sucks. It, it it sucks right now, and it's tough. And I think like it'll take like probably some time, couple episodes before we can like look back a little bit and uh you know appreciate you know the season for what it was and everything that happened. But right now, like. I don't want to talk about that. I'm sure people don't want to listen to that. It just, you know, it, it's never a great feeling. And I don't know, like, yeah, it was, so, it was such a good year for the team. Uh, but we also got Jacob Barker here tonight, uh, who I was watching the game with. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. Not a Panthers fan, uh, although we did hop on the Panthers bandwagon for the playoffs, which uh, we always love. Um, but I'm curious to know, uh, just what were your guys' thoughts on, on the series as a whole? Uh, what did you think of the way the Panthers played and about, you know, the way Tampa played and just how it went? Uh, 
I guess Jacob will go to you. Yeah, I mean, as a new fan of the Florida Panthers, I mean, hadn't watched a crazy amount of them this year. Obviously, you watch you watch them play here and there, some hopping on recurring recurring guests here, you know. So I want to make sure I'm up to date with my stuff. But so I watch them and always just been kind of casual viewing. But no, this Panthers team definitely is something special. And I don't think that like Panthers fans should take that for granted. I think that this is a really good team that the, this is definitely, although it is unfortunate that like the loss happened the way it did. And I thought it was a fair. Oh, I think it – can you hear him, Noah? Oh, I think he just came back. Oh, wait, oh he cut out. out. Yeah. It says my internet is unstable, but okay, – but you're like 10 feet away from me, so – I don't know what was wrong there, but when did I cut out? Almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but – All right, just go to Noah. <laughs> all right. Um, well, it's always tough with the online so, recording. I mean, first of all, I think that – you can't argue with the fact that it was one of, if not the best series in of this first round. Unbiased, the best one by far. I mean, Minnesota, Vegas, which we we, we waited till after that as well to record, just is going to be most likely the only series to go that to seven, seven games. It is going to be is has been I think a great series, but we haven't seen both teams in every game, you know. And it was goaltending; it was a goaltending duel, and I think that the the Florida series really we saw a lot more offensive capabilities, and we saw a bit of everything. And I think that it's exactly what you would have wanted out of a first round matchup um unfortunately this the outcome wasn't what we wanted specifically but oh. was two great hockey teams going at each other and it seems like a series that's gonna fuel rivalry more yeah, intense like rivalry the, the, yeah the, there really has like realistically there's been like almost no rivalry yeah because and, they just haven't been good enough like rivalries are built you build rivalries through playoff matchups like this one. Like you can feel the the like how much these teams didn't like each other throughout this series. And that was readily apparent right from game one. Like there was absolutely so much bitterness. And it just yeah, it was to, to me, yeah, even unbiased. Like it was the most entertaining series. And I think it was also one of the closest series too, where like, like they played pretty. Like both teams played very well in this series. And it yeah, was- the the only other one that I can really think of is that Pittsburgh Islanders one, which started off very poorly, but I thought uh, you know aged very well. Um, that's the only other series that I thought was was absolutely exceptional. Yeah, and I mean in that one, like I hate to say it, but Tristan Jari, not very good those last couple of games. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, occasional podcast correspondent Jared Shea was very quick to note that on his Twitter account, um, noting that Tristan Jari was not strong in this uh, New York Islanders series. Uh, it seems he has to work a bit on his glove work, doesn't he? A little bit. and But we're not here to talk about Tristan Jari. And I mean, to me, like this series, like this team, like, it, it's six games, and to me – these teams are about as close as you could get compete wise in every single game, like very, very close. The only difference to me is got to be goaltending. Like you're the I Panthers. Mean, to me, there was about a $17 million difference, give or take. Um, Which is like, that's also like, that's bullshit. Like that sucks. Like, it, I, it, like I, I don't know. Like how, how can the NHL support a model that just says we're going to reinforce these, these limitations on your roster until the playoffs and and then it's just a free-for-all fuck it if you can find a loophole you can find a loophole and do whatever you want yeah it just it makes no sense and i think like i would have some like i get it if a guy's like legitimately hurt like for example like the, the winnipeg jets had nikolai ehlers right very much legitimately hurt he came back he's a force in the series but he missed games one and two like so for the lightning, like very clearly, like, like Nikita Kutrov was hurt, but he comes back. And to me, that doesn't look like a guy who like just got healthy a week and a half ago. That's a guy who's been probably capable of playing NHL games for about a month. Yeah. And I think that was like the consensus around right. the and, league, and, and, around and, the analysts, like around anybody you ask. Like, yeah, it is tough because, like, and it was so surprising because in that first game, I can't remember, I think it was Brian Boucher that was doing the game for uh, NBC Sports Network, but he kept saying, Oh, like, how, like, look at how fresh Kucherov is, like, he's playing so well. Like, <laughs> well, like, yeah, I, I, of course like, he is. I, like, I'll, I'll admit, like, I was wrong on this. Like, we were, when we were previewing the series, one of the points I brought up was how important it was going to be to Florida to, like, get you know good results in the first couple of games get a win uh because their guys coming off injury i was like you know expect there to be rust you got to capitalize on that um but no zero rust i was wrong they were much healthier than i thought they'd be uh, yeah i mean and, i mean Hedman was just in the force that he is right yeah and you know the florida panthers victor Hedman wasn't able to play in this series um but yeah, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's kind of I don't know. Barger, what are your thoughts on the on the salary cap thing? You're 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 a salary cap guy, right? Oh yeah, I'm the I'm the big cap friendly correspondent here. Um, it's basically <laughs> I know we <laughs> I, I know we had talked about it uh, a little bit just in the house, but uh, just to echo it here, it's it's a classic example of like don't hate the player, hate the game. Like it's it's pretty obvious. I feel like it's not like hidden the fact that Kucherov could have, if the rules or if he was forced to, this guy could have played in the regular season, like for at least a couple weeks, he looks fresh. Like he looked, he looked good very, very quickly in the series. And like that's rare for a player coming off of injury. Fantastic player. So like, I know making assumptions isn't necessarily fair, but like when you look at that, it's more than likely he could have played earlier. It's just Tampa Bay saw a loophole and they took advantage of it. And it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, but that, that being said, when you look back at the series in itself, definitely 
the best series that I saw out of round one, better than anything that was produced out of the North division. Um, by, by far. And that was the series, that was the division that I watched the most as someone that lives in Canada. And I, like as a guy, I didn't watch too many Panther games going like throughout the year, watch the ones to keep up to date with the episode and, or to keep up to date with episodes that's going to be on, make sure I'm giving relevant information. But other than that, like, this is the first time I've got to sit down and really watch this Panthers team. And I can say for sure, like this, this team really caught my eye. It was really fun. They're an awesome team and they're not going anywhere. Like for Panther fans, like it's, you'll, you'll make the changes you have to make, but this is a team that this is the first step of a long journey for these guys. And they're looking to win a cup in the next few years. And it's very possible. You got some superstars, that are completely underrated around the league. Barkov and Hubert are studs. Those guys are unreal. Spencer Knight's on his way up. Uh, the goaltending will be huge. Getting Aaron Ekblad back will be big. And like that, that's the other thing that's kind of like swept under the rug throughout this series. Like the fact that like Florida's been without their number one defenseman for a significant while. And there's not a lot of teams that can just continue to play at a high level. And especially in playoffs, it gets really challenging. Like, and like if the tables were turned and Florida had Aaron Eckblad and Tampa was missing Victor Hedman, different series entirely. Probably Florida wins it. Like, you mm-hmm. know, flip it. Yeah. You, you flip it like that. It's, yeah. I think the big thing too is like, it's not just that this team's good. Like, they're just so fun to watch. Like, there are, there are a lot of good teams in the league that aren't that fun to watch or that don't have the depth. Like, the, the depth is huge too. Cause like, uh, the the third and fourth line, like, are they the best players in the world? No, but they're they're fun. Like Ryan Lomberg's a fun player. Like he's fast, he's physical, he's in your face, he's the Lamborghini. Like, like that's fun. Like there are teams where it's like their third line comes over the boards, and I'm like, I really don't want to watch this, even if they're like fine and they can you know tightly check. Like it's just not fun. What blue and what blue and white team are you referring to with that? It's definitely not the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I like to point out that, like, you had mentioned to me earlier that, you know, we know a couple Leafs fans up here in Ontario. Couple a couple of them mentioned who they would want to see in the playoffs if the Leafs made it out of their division. And they said the Florida Panthers. And I've watched the Leafs all year, and I've watched the Panthers all year, and I've watched the Panthers in the playoffs. I've watched the Leafs in the playoffs. And I can tell you right now, they don't want that. Because that goes embarrassingly bad with the Leafs. You're just looking at a team that has four lines or like the entire time or four lines of forwards and three lines of D that can all skate with the exception of Radko Gudis. Who doesn't need the skate. Who doesn't need to because he's too elite by himself. He was just pinching on guys and just trying to clip tonight. Yeah, I was, love to I was see thoroughly it. impressed with his play. <laughs> I was like, this guy is just doing whatever it takes to stop him at the blue. You see, the ultimate impressive. guy who just like knows the assignment, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, you just look at the guys that they have, and it's just such a complete team where like the the pace doesn't drop no matter who's on the ice. You'd never see a change of pace in the Panthers play. And you see a definite change of pace when you watch the Leafs play. It's, you get the, the top lines are flying, and then it slows down to a very slow level. And, like, but, and the Leafs got like a bit more physical. I mean, we're not here to talk about the Leafs. They got a little more physical this year, but not anywhere near. Like, realistically, all the, the U.S. series were much more physical than what we've seen in the North. 
like that, like Washington, Boston series, that was a gong show too. The Islanders Penguins one got more physical as they went along. Like it's. Mm. I, wonder, uh, I wonder what, if you, if you can say, well, there's obviously no way of knowing what it was, why it was, but I mean, maybe the crowd is that big of an effect. Because every single American team had at least some fans in the stand. Yeah, well, the fan, like the fans are a huge difference maker. I think both for the players and for just people watching at home. Like it's, you you flip back and forth between the games. There's a noticeable difference for sure, right? Like by a lot, and but like nothing you can do about it. And so yeah, I think that like that that makes a, a, a huge impact on it. But at the same time, like I really don't, I think you could have fans in like the Toronto Montreal series. I still don't think it would be that entertaining. Like it would, it would be more so, but it wouldn't be anywhere. I think to the degree of what we saw in this Florida series. I feel like, these... I, I feel like the Canadian matchups have been more lopsided as well. You know, like you look at the the, the Toronto Montreal series, and Toronto like dominates the play completely. And as much as I I wish the Edmonton Oilers put up more of a fight. Hold on, I'll take some they, issue with what you're about I, to say here because I know, but they were the better team in that series other than Connor Hallibuck. And, every every yeah, metric so, would tell you that they were, except for goals. Yeah, exactly. So, like and, I was, I was like that was a very close series. That was a very close series. But Connor Hallibuck, your least favorite goalie, put up a 950. But if you go back, if you go back in the recordings, you'll find that I said that the only way the Jets can win is if the Oilers can't solve Connor Hellebuck. And I believe I did I... not. I, I did not give Connor Hellebuck credit. I took credit away from the Oilers. That's that's how strong my feelings are about Connor Hellebuck. I actually like. I think that might be the one of the worst opinions I've ever heard. (laughs) Actually, like I don't understand that. Like I would, we could do an entire episode on why Connor Hellebuck is a a top three goalie in the league all day, every day. You want to know what? I know at this point it's a stupid take, but I can't. I I appreciate. I I I respect that you're just gonna. Yeah, I I have to to stand on this hill. I have to die on this. No, I'll go down with the ship. I like it. Like I respect it. Yeah. No, I just same, same thing. Point. Like if Shane Pinto ever turns out really good, like I'll have to die on that hill that he's not a very good hockey player. And I've accepted <laughs> that, but I also think I'm still right. So it's, it doesn't matter until. No, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about the Leafs dominate play. I still think the Habs are winning the series, you know, like Carey Price is going to steal the next three games and it's going to be game over for them. That's going to be great. He can stop every single puck. But if yeah, the can. Habs can't score. They're never gonna win. Sure, you can, Noah. It doesn't doesn't help when you're you're putting some pretty good players in the press box there. Yeah, that's always a fun one. Yeah, yeah. But either we're not we're not here to talk about the Canadian series. We are getting so off. We're 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 here. We're in denial, and we refuse to speak about the subject at hand. One thing that I liked out of the game so far. I mean, sorry, the game tonight was you can tell they're trying on the power play. I don't know how many teams this season have put five forwards on the power play. And the Um, Panthers did it consistently. I've seen teams do it a little bit. No team has, I don't think anyone team's done it as regularly as this. And I think like it's 
to me, like I, I loved it. I thought the power play looked great. They didn't score, but like they, they looked good. They generated like good chances for the most part. I mean, and I think- credit credit to Tampa's penalty kill. I mean, Anthony Sorelli was out there. He he was absolutely unreal for Tampa Bay this season. I mean, sorry, not in this series. Yeah, we, he didn't have a great year. He had a good series though. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I, I like the five forward power play. To me, it seems like I don't know if they'll do it next year at all because. To me, it just seems like they did it kind of like because they didn't have Keith Yandel or Aaron Ekblad in the lineup. And yeah, it seemed like it was more just like, ah, oh, screw it. But but I, I really liked it. The only disadvantage is it kind of scrambles your lines after. But I'm trying to think. It was Bennett, Barkov, Huberto, Verhage. Who was the fifth player? What was the – who did you list? Barkov, Bennett, Verhage. Huberto Hornquist Hornquist yeah of course Horn, so the baby. only thing the only thing that I can think by having these five guys on the power play is you're, you're completely scrambling your lines for the next what like three shifts after that two three shifts that's the only thing that I can think of as a as a big disadvantage as a big deterrent yeah like it's yeah I guess that, that would be one too and then maybe you're more prone to give up a shorthanded chance but how like it'd be like you're you're fumbling the puck at the blue line or you're blocked shot and the guy goes for a breakaway and I well if like if, I, no, I but feel if, like, like no but if a guy knocks it out of the zone and it becomes an odd man rush and as you're a forward you're not used to like playing like a no that's true so you get jumbled like I know so when Edmonton and I only know this because I used to watch him a bunch when Edmonton had Dallas Aikens as their coach a terrible coach when he was their coach they ran a five forward power play. They scored a lot. They also allowed the most shorthanded goals in the league by like a ridiculously wide margin. And then he got fired. So like, I think like it's, I think it's something like you, you do every night. Like you, I think it's something you work into like your power play, like mix as like an option. Yeah. I, Cause it really seems like all the really, really good power plays. I, you know, you have a really, really good puck moving defenseman who can, you know, move a lot on the blue line. You know, and that, that, that's been a big, it's been a huge part of those successful power plays. And as we said, no, no Yandel, no Ekblad is you're kind of struggling. For, you might as well go, for, you might as well go five forward. Exactly. And I, 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 it was the right call. Yeah. Might as well get that offensive presence because. No, no offense to those other guys, but Mackenzie Weger's perfect for that second unit. You 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 need to create those like obvious scoring opportunities, and I really like that five forward approach. Uh, but definitely, if we could have Ekblad there, I would be. Oh very yeah. Happy. I mean, yeah. So like looking back on this series, like what do you guys think is like the biggest reason? Panthers are out. Like, what do you think are the biggest reasons they lost this series? Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, it's, Andre Vasilevsky's got to be top of the list. It's the number one. It's like if, if there was like well, a – when they mentioned on the broadcast tonight, Panthers setting an NHL record uh, or an NHL first, the first team to use three goalies in the same series, and they each start two games. Like minimum two games. 
Yeah, I should probably elaborate. Maybe not just Vasilevsky, just goaltending in general is like, like the, the key. Like, because I feel like as much as Vasilevsky was fantastic, I tossed up a 930, but also just timely saves, like Florida pouring on pressure at certain times in, in today's game and just like looking so dangerous and just being able to fend those off and then Tampa counters once and they've got a got the puck in the back of the net. Yeah, like you saw that tonight, like tonight obviously Florida they come out like the, you know they know the best first but they were you know the game's close right and when the game's close and you know it's a one goal game either way the Panthers are going to do their thing and Tampa's going to do their thing but the minute Tampa gets a two goal lead they're going to basically shut it down go in a defensive shell and then just look for like quick strike breakout opportunities they're not going to get a ton of you know zone pressure they're not going to look for a ton of you know, it's going to be a lot of one and done opportunities. That's kind of what they did tonight. Like once they got that second goal, they literally just shut the Panthers down and they were able to do that because they had the the two goal lead because Andre Vasilevsky was so good and he didn't give the Panthers a sniff. And yeah. So for me, it's like lack of converted opportunities and then it going the other way immediately. So what a overpassing. Yeah, yeah. So like essentially getting that that offensive zone pressure and then not being able to deliver on that and then immediately getting caught on the counter by Tampa Bay's honestly exceptional counterattack. Yeah, they they countered so well and it was just when you're repeatedly doing the zone pressure thing and getting looks and you just you know, either you're missing the net or Vasilevsky's robbing you. Like it's, it's going the other way. And, you know, especially in those first few games, the goal attending for the Panthers, Bobrovsky and Trigger just wasn't able to, to make uh, the type of timely saves Vasilevsky was. Um, and we said it at the start before the series half. And we said Spencer Knight, we, I don't know if he's the man been barking on the episode. We said Spencer Knight should be the starter of game one. That's, or at least that's who we would start in game one. And I I was a bit surprised to see him in game five. I I wasn't. I mean, what do you like what do you have to lose? I, I was happy. I was happy to see him, but I was a bit surprised because in game five, what you have to lose is the entire series. I yeah, wanted but to also see him, like but like I, I wanted to see him in game four. I would have liked I mean I would have liked to see him in game one. But I think you know, you get to game five and it's like Look, like your other guys aren't giving you any chance to win. What what what's the likelihood this guy plays as bad or worse than what you've been getting so far in this series? And it's probably pretty low, realistically. Based on, based on his regular season output, I mean, limited right. sample and like, size, and with, but yeah. So so why not go with the kid? And, and you're just looking for a spark too for the team of hey, we need, um, you know, we we need something to get this team going, get them fired up. Uh, absolutely you know, and that type of thing putting in a young goal we can do that um one of my other things like last thing i want to say on the goaltending like you look in you know these series in the playoffs like goaltending is like one of the weirdest things in hockey because like goalies just kind of fluctuate like all the time most of the time guys will have up and down years and there's maybe like four or five goalies in the league where they're just like consistently good and that can win you series like very consistently. And Andre Vasilevsky is one of those goalies. 
where like he did he was a huge factor in this series he I mean yeah game six is such a prime example yeah and so it's just like it's so tough for teams it's like you want a goalie like that but they're not a ton of them out there and if you don't have one of those guys then you're kind of just hoping and praying you get you know your goalie shows up and plays well but you never know for certain yeah and then you look at i mean and you're able to combine combine that goaltending with just the sensationally offense opportunistic offense and perfect health. Yeah, so it's now it was built to be a playoff team, yeah. and that's yeah. that we saw that in game one, and I think it was just solidified now. We'll see about round two. Because... I hope they get. I won't say. I won't lie. I hope they get absolutely destroyed in round two. I hope. I hope for. I hope it's Carolina. I think Carolina matches up better against them. And I hope. I don't... I'm having trouble picturing them losing in that second round. I feel like they. I feel like the the Florida series for them was just a warm up. Tampa. Yeah. Here's the thing. Is it Tampa's a war... scary man? They're scary, but they're also like. I think they might have got a bit banged up in this series. Right? Like, there were some bodies being thrown. I won't lie, too. I also didn't realize how absolute dirty Ryan McDonough is. Right? He was disgust. Like, the stuff he was doing in the series, no po- – like, oh, he got fined once. Like, great. Like, absolute And this goes back – what dirt. was it? The, was this the first game his hit on Duclair? First game hit on Duclair – uh, yesterday, not yesterday, two games ago on uh, Mason Marchment, who was fantastic in these playoffs. So just unreal player. I really loved seeing him grow this year. And and that didn't that went completely <clears throat> under the radar. That the McDonough dirtiness I found went completely under the radar. There was I forget what other game it was too. Some like in the corner, and he just like body, like he just like turned around and like suckered a guy, and that was yeah. A and people were focused on those other little things, like I I, do, I thought the Duclair <clears throat> like slash <throat> on Kuchir- <throat> Kucherov had way too much attention for what it was worth. Yeah, but. well, and like and yeah, and Tampa Bay, like and their coaches and stuff, they spent a lot of time. Like John Cooper said at the end of game game four. That all oh, Panther, they were like the Panthers were just like playing dirty, just taking runs at guys at the end, you know. And that was like we didn't like that. Which and then, they did. Like, and you can't deny. No, that. you can't deny like, it. Like, you can't deny it. they did that. But then game six, and you're seeing, and he start, plays Patty Maroon at center, so he can go cross check Noel Achari in the head. Yeah, that was absolutely um, ridiculous. Like it just it was some ridiculous stuff in the series i mean a lot of a lot of controversy a lot of a lot of just a lot going on really a ton going on yeah this and, fuels a rivalry for the future oh my exactly. goodness i yeah i like i like i didn't like tampa before this series but man i really don't like them now i really want carolina to to run them to over specifically yeah, like it's it's gonna but yeah and the one thing, okay, one th- last thing on goaltending, though, like Andre Vasilevsky, fantastic, you know, one of those rare goalies who can win you games. But I think what we saw in this series is that I think Spencer Knight is going to be that type of goalie for the Panthers in the future. Like, I think he has that, like, based on what we've seen in the regular season and in these two playoff games, I think he absolutely has the ability to be that type of goalie 
that elite franchise goalie for this team. And I think that's something everyone should be super excited about. That's what you hoped. You, you hope the guy that was being Not paid even. $10 million to sit in the press box tonight was going to do for you. But I mean, Spencer and I has been, he's, he's good. He's a good goalie. He's proven that he can play in the big moments and that's, that's what you need. And you hope that you just kind of can keep this up in the future and it all works out for him. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. It's obviously Drieger's out. I think that there's n- no question about that. And I think we, we can fully expect Bobrovsky to be the starter, but Knight to be a regular backup. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's split starter time. I mean we'll get yeah. in, we'll get into it later because we'll we'll talk about it on you know, we're doing like a lot of off season talk because the goaltending is definitely gonna be a talking point for sure. I think the defense, there's a lot to talk about there. Like as good as a lot of defensemen were this year who stepped up for the Panthers with Ekblad out, like in the playoffs, I think there were some weak links that were exposed with the defense. Like Anton Strawman and uh, Keith Yandel were liabilities out there when they were out there. Yeah, I mean, we've already talked about Strawman at length. We, we are, our listeners already know how we feel about that particular subject. Probably a good person, though. But great uh, guy. I'm sure great but, guy. But very expensive and very much past it's his overpaid. prime. Overpaid. That's all I think. Over yeah, over yeah, just unnecessary, and I don't think fits the style. That the you give that to play. guy a one by one. I'm not saying no. No, and, and the, other, the other thing too, like, honestly, like I don't want to say like anything like too negative here, but I think there were a couple times in this series, uh, like a decent amount of times, where Mackenzie Weger looked in a bit over his head, and that's not like a knock on Mackenzie Weger. I think he was just maybe asked to do too much. Yeah, and I mean that was your pick for for the X factor in the series, and. Okay, but if he had been the X Factor. No, that's the thing. He had the opportunity to be. He had the platform, but he just wasn't able to deliver. And it sounds so pessimistic to say that, right? That he wasn't able to fill the shoes. He wasn't able to step into that Aaron Eckblad role. No, but they they just asked way too much of him. You can't expect him to do that, right? Yeah, like, and I I think a part of it too is just that the other, like, other defensemen weren't able to step up. And so... He was the guy who was forced in the situation where it's like, we need you to be something that just isn't realistically possible. And so it's not really a knock on him. It's just he was put in a spot. He was basically a setup to fail. And like, it is high risk, like, high reward. You know, it, we say that all the time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just playing a guy, you know, too many minutes. You're playing a guy who's, you know, you're, you're playing him in too many situations and, he just got exposed too many times and that's not, it's not a knock on him. It really is just the situation he was in. Yeah. Um, um, definitely. It's yeah. You lose a, your captain and a guy like Ekblad, it's, it's never easy. And I, I think this was proof. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's such a big loss and Oh yeah, it is tough, but We'll we'll get over it. We'll uh, we'll have some drinks. We'll we'll move on and we'll be back, I guess, on Monday with a brand new episode of the podcast. Um, but I think that that does it for this very sad episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you to everyone 
uh, tuning in and listening and following along throughout the season. Uh, we'll still be doing regular episodes throughout the off season because why not? Nothing better to do. Uh, as always, we appreciate uh, all the support and hopefully we will see you all on Monday. Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the